Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 317 of The Big Show. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Ah, yes. We're at it again. The episode tonight, I recorded it two or three times. Um, yeah, I apologize. Uh, some technical difficulties over here at the 4th Line Voice offices. I had IT look at it this afternoon. Uh, well, I was at work and, uh, hopefully this works. It seems to be working. Um, yeah, I recorded an episode and it seemed to have worked. Uh, and then it said the audio was corrupted. Then I couldn't get the levels to work and it wouldn't load. And it was just a real, I don't know what, uh, I was saying to Alec and Jay the other night when we were talking, it's like anytime you get the, oh, install the update. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, and I was installing it and I'm like, oh yeah, watch. And sure enough, I hadn't had any problems with the old version since, you know, for a hundred and some episodes. Yeah. The moment I upload the, uh, the update, oh, here we go. So, ah, so uninstalled, restall, blah, 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 whatever. No one listening gives a shit, but, um, yeah. So it's been a little frustrating, um, yeah. So initially, what I had done is I recorded this uh, this list, uh, and then I also did a review of Ice Wars Three that happened on last Saturday, and um, I think re- now doing recording this up, ep- well, redoing this episode, um, I will do the list. It is, of course, the thirteen meanest players in NHL history. I know Tim's pumped. I got a list been a while since I've done a list so I can't act surprised the list though because I've already done this once so um, I'm going to do that list again and uh, I I will save the Ice Wars review I'm going to get Alec and Jay on and um, hopefully tomorrow and uh, if not if not it'll be sometime before Wednesday we'll put it that way and I will get the review episode out as we like to do that. We've done that for the one and two. So I'd like to keep doing that. And we'll do that with Ice Wars 3. I hope everybody took the time out to watch. If you haven't watched it, I'm pretty sure you can go to Live 1 and like get it for like five bucks right now or something. Um, good show. Um, well, I'm not going to get... I won't I won't give my, uh, my uh, comments on it until we do the review show. Um... I will, I will talk briefly about the subject a little bit, um, but before I do that, of course, uh, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network, there's over 60 shows in the network, all the NHL teams have shows, so whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you, of course, I'm on the original content creator side, along with, uh, what is it, the Four Horsemen, Rick Flair, no, it's not Flair and Arn, which one of us would be Flair, I wouldn't be Flair, 
maybe I'd be Tully. I don't know. But uh, Jolt and Joel Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles, the New York Islander-based podcast. Well, I can't. Can I really say that now? Yeah, I guess you could still say that. But Joe has... <coughs> oh, hot start. Um, Joe has ventured off the island. And uh, he he had plans on having a few guests that aren't New York Islander affiliated. So, uh, yes. But, but I mean, again, the Islanders is obviously going to be the theme of the thing. And uh, Joe has a tremendous back catalog with Dakota and Ewan and Todd... Todd, Todd Gillies. Uh, he was a heck of a player. Trevor Gillies is pretty good, too. So is Clark. Oh, my good word. I did this last episode, too. The one that was lost, the one that's lost out in the ether somewhere. I, I, I said during that one, I was babbling and stammering. And I'm like, what have I? Is this like I'm a rookie here? I'm, yeah, like I haven't podcasted in six months or something. I'm like, what's my problem? I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, some people, if they were professional, would edit that. I'm not, well, I don't want to touch anything. It's recording now, so I don't want to hit stop or whatever, pause or anything. Um, but, so I'm not going to edit, I don't edit shit anyway, so whatever. Um, but check out Jolt and Joe. Um, also, Alec, over at the Five for Fighting podcast, his latest episode is with, he has the founder of Hit Club Hockey on, Kurt. And it's a, it's a minor league apparel company. And, uh, they're doing some really cool work with some minor league guys. And, uh, they get into all of that. And, uh, I dig the vibe, man. I dig what they're doing. And, uh, Alec actually has merch through them. Get your Five for Fighting podcast merch through Hit Club Hockey. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, beyond that, Alec, again, tremendous back catalog. Rob Ray, Frank Bialois. Um, as he's joined the network now, uh, going forward, um, well, I'll let, that's Alex's news to talk about. Uh, well, everybody knows he's on the network, but there's other news. I won't, uh, I will let him discuss that with you. But going forward, we should be seeing some more episodes from Alex. So that'll, that'll be cool. And then, of course, Jordan at Five in a Game podcast, uh, his latest episode. Um, he dropped, he hasn't had one recently because obviously he lives out in the Maritimes in Cape Breton, but he works in Alberta. So he's gone for quite a bit of time. Uh, but he was home for a little bit, threw out an episode. It's, uh, with Ryan Hand, and uh, but in the fall here, when he comes back from the rigs, uh, you'll be seeing he'll be back in action with interviews and and a show. So keep an eye out for that again. Five in a game podcast, and uh, yeah, myself at Fourth Line Voice, Five in a Game, and Five for Fighting all have YouTube channels as well. So please, I encourage you to check those out. Uh, Jordan's got some excellent old school Quebec Junior stuff. Um, really good stuff. Um, Alec, a lot of East Coast League footage, obviously, and uh, myself, I have over 2,000 videos, all the different leagues from all the different, from different years, and hey, you're on YouTube, subscribe to all the channels, guaranteed there'll be some fights on there that you dig, and uh, you know, definitely appreciate the subscription, and uh, yeah, and if you're listening, if you're watching a video on YouTube, just hit, you know, that little cheesy thumbs up, yeah, hit the thumbs up thing, YouTube loves that shit, seriously, and um, and like I said, and, and subscribe, it always helps in this in the algorithms, and it helps the creators. Same thing when you're listening to the shows. Download, don't stream, but uh, rate, review the shows. At the very least, just rate them. Um, it, like I said, you're there. It's in your hand. The little star thing. Yeah, if you could rate the show. Not, I'm not saying just for myself, but for Jordan, Alec, Joe, whatever podcast you listen to. Like I said, oh, maybe not Rogan and Spit and Chicklets. I'm sure they're fine without your without your rating and reviewing their show. Um, 
but it's a it's a real big deal to small content creators because uh, it helps us out in the algorithms uh, on Spotify and iTunes and that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, it would just be cool if you could do that for all of us. That'd be that'd be really cool. So there we go. Well, now that we got that out of the way, let's get into business. Actually, I spied out of the corner of my eye here as I was talking. We got some hockey cards here, folks. I was at the Dollarama. So let's open these up. This is always exciting on an audio podcast to open up hockey cards. We're going back in time. Act like it's like the radio, folks, back in the day. What do we got? Who's starting off? It's a, Oh, by the way, I guess I should say it is a 1992 Premier Hot, Premier. Here we go. Top of the deck. Oh, look at that. Uh, Luke Richardson. Cool hand Luke. You know what? Uh, you know, came in the league, big uh, draft pick by the Leafs. Uh, came in at 18. Uh, you know, a lot of pressure on him in, in T.O., but uh, I always liked Luke Richardson. Um, actually turned into, like, as his career went on, actually turned into not a bad uh, not a bad fighter. Big dude. Like, what, what do we got here? Yeah. Six, well, six three two ten. He's probably a little heavier than two ten, but yeah, cool hand, Luke. Dig it, Mark Messier. Well, there you go, the captain, Scott Mellenby. Tremendous, Ked from uh, Morning Skate would be pumped. Um, underrated uh, power forward, excellent player. I'm I'm down with Scott Mellenby. Actually, if you want to, Scott Mellenby dropping Jeff Jackson. Check out that knockout, Mike Gartner. One of the fastest humans ever on skates. You know, he had the fastest recorded time at the All-Star Game. Uh, I, I think until like last year or the year before. You know, so that's like 30 years. But oh yeah, no, they were slow back then. Sure they were. Brian Bradley. There you go. Steve Leach. Ha <laughs> tremendous. You know what? I actually, um, he would give her shit, man. You know, grinder guy. Um, you know, wasn't that great of a fighter, but he wouldn't back down. Like I remember Bruby beating on him like a, on a, like a drum, but cut him up and stuff. But I don't know. I, I always liked Leach. He was all right. Original six, Adam Graves. There we go. Yes. There we go. The exciting portion of the show, uh, 19, uh, opening hockey cards, um, on an audio podcast. There we go. I didn't get too many cards in that pack. Huh. There we go. Put them off to the side. Oh. Oh, it's... Yeah, here we are. There's not... Shane Corson. Oh, there we go. Another power forward in this pack. I was going to say, I had one card. I was going to say, I think it was short a card. Yeah, there it is. Um, yeah, again, Shane Corson. I, um... I always say with Corson, again, solid power forward. Um... Uh, I'm growing up. I don't know. And then I never, I was never a Corson guy. I don't know why. If you'd asked me why I didn't like Shane Corson, I couldn't tell you, but it was one of those things. I don't know. He just irritated me. Um, and then I got to know a, a cat in Regina named Chris who actually went by Corson 27 on the uh, old fried chicken boards. And, uh, Chris is a good, was a good dude or not. What is a good dude? Um, I'm trying to talk past tense here, but, uh, I, I have not seen Chris in a few years and I always hope he's, Listen, I, we kind of uh, fell out of touch, but I hope, uh, Chris, I hope you're out there. I hope you're listening, and uh, get a hold of me, man, if you are. I'd love to hear from you, but um, I completely glazed over the story, but 
Uh, he actually uh, put together a really good two-disc uh, Shane Corson uh, fight DVD. And uh, after watching that, yeah, and I got a whole new... Resp- well, I mean, I always knew he was a good player, and, and but better fighter than I, I uh, give him credit for. Uh, you know, tough guy, didn't back down. I mean, you mentioned Shane Corson, everybody really like, the, oh, Eric Karens. Oh, well, yeah, well, Karens should have... Why Shane Corson was fighting Eric Karens, I'll never know. Um, you know, and Karen's got the big, you know, dropped him there and whatever. And, uh, it was a big deal in New York, but, uh, you know, and I know people like to throw that around like that's some slight against Shane Corson. Yeah. Eric Karen's dropped a lot of dudes. So, um, but yeah, Corson was a bad dude, man. Good player, solid player, great career. Um, yeah. Shane Corson, there's my aside on him. So, uh, Chris, again, get a hold of me if you're out there, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we're 12 minutes in. Haven't really talked about much of anything, have we? Well, let's get into this list. Like I said, um, normally with the lists, um, I I uh, I have a couple guys that have sent me many lists over the year, uh, the last year, and I I saved the link and I put them in a in a file, document file, and uh, yeah, but I never look at the lists. So whenever I open them, I'm discovering them with you, the listener. Um, obviously I've already recorded this episode, so I know what the list is. Um, so how about I'll act surprised? It's like, it's like that surprise birthday party you already know is coming, but when you, when they turn the lights on, you got to act like you're shocked. <clears throat> but this, uh, article, it's a little older. Um, 23, you say 2013 and it's 10 years old. This, so this, this is a decade old already. Where did the time go folks? Um, that I just realized right now, actually, as I, I looked at the year of the article. Um, so this is from the Bleacher Report. Brad Kurtzberg uh, wrote this in 2013. It's the 13 meanest players in NHL history. All right. Hockey's always been a tough physical game, especially at the NHL level. Uh, not anymore, but okay. It's a certain type of toughness to play the game well. And in some cases, even a certain amount of meanness. Yeah, was, did, maybe not so much anymore. Um, here is a look back at 13 players who were known for playing mean, tough style of hockey. Quite simply put, they're the meanest players in history. It's not easy to make this list of, of only 13 players on here. Some pretty mean hombres are left off the list. Guys like Tiger Williams, Matt Barnaby, Bob Probert, and Joey Koser did not make the final cut here. Meanness goes beyond just dropping the gloves. It requires going beyond just playing tough or dropping the gloves. Hmm. I didn't read this part yesterday when I was recording. That's kind of, okay, wordy. Uh, it requires an extra level of hatred, a willingness to violate the game's unwritten rules and codes of conduct. Here are the 13 meanest, meanest players in NHL history. Feel free to comment on the players you feel belong on, the list, on this list and tell us why they should be there. Sit back and enjoy the meanest players in NHL history. <clears throat> all right. Oh, the drama of it all. And I close this ad so you guys don't hear that. <clears throat> You know, it's interesting. Well, what I should have done is now that I knew the list ahead of time and I had to redo this episode, I should have maybe written out my meanest and we could have, uh, we could have talked about that, but that would mean I'm prepared for things. And well, well, before I get into the, I was just going to say, I just really wanted to get some content out there. Um, 
it's one thing if I miss the Sunday episode, eh, you know, because it, it, that's pretty quick content from Wednesday to Sunday and then Sunday back to, you know what I'm saying? But I don't like missing Wednesday shows. That's kind of the main show. I was like, Wednesday's kind of the main event show. Um, and uh, so I felt bad when I couldn't get the episode out yesterday. Um, so here we are. So I might be, um, I, I'm, this one might be sort of a Coles note version of an episode, but I guess it's always like, well, it's content, right? So and I just like getting out there, getting the voice out, sharing it with you guys and, uh, give you guys something to listen to on your commutes or as you sit in your cubicle at work, eating your cheese sandwich and drinking your V8 and, uh, trying to stay awake. Uh, you know, hopefully this helps. <laughs> Do you think it would really help listen to my voice? Does that really help? I don't know. Uh. Nick in LA appreciates it though on the commute, I'll tell you that. So I know there's one person that listens on their commute at, at the very least. I know Paul Ferone listens to it working out. This is going to have to be a quick workout, Paul. you got to speed it up because I don't talk for very long. Here we go. All right, let's get into this 13 minus players, shall we? Here we are, number 13, Brian Marchment. Brian Marchment had a well-earned reputation as a guy who played a reckless style and often seemed to try to injure opposing players, especially need knee to knee hits. NHL suspended Marchment 13 times during his 12 seasons in the league. Among the players who were injured on hits by Marchment were Burre, Gartner, Zezel, Waite, Korea, Neuendijk, Wendell Clark, and Medano. In his career, Marchment accumulated 2,300 penalty minutes in 926 games. He played 17 seasons in the league because he was tough, physical, and not afraid to hit opponents at the league. Many opponents felt his hits were across the, across the line. Yeah, Mar- yeah, he would he would make my list too. Marchment was a mean motherfucker, man, and. Uh, Fortunately, we lost him here in this past past year. Um, but yeah, he um, there. It's weird as I I I was thinking about this. Um, I can't say I didn't like Marchment the player. I the knee to knee shit. I never. I was never down with the knee to knee shit. Um, uh, but when he, I I liked him as a player until he did the knee shit. Um, but yeah, he was a gritty bastard. Could fight all right. He had some pretty good fights. He had a really good fight with Bob Probert. Check that one out. I believe it's in Edmonton. It's it's a really good fight. Um, Marchman had a couple of great fights. Um, you know, wasn't afraid to to you know he dropped the gloves. He'd back his shit up. He was a he was a first round pick, uh, but Winnipeg back in the day with the original Jets team, um, and uh, I believe he went right behind Shanahan. Did he not? I think so. Um, but yeah, and then he got traded to Chicago right away. But it was, uh, you know, um, yeah, I liked Marchment. Uh, like I said, uh, big hitter would fight. I mean, when he acted like a goof, he'd, you know, he'd, he'd answer the bell. Um, so, uh, I know there's that famous one, of course, when he hits Medano. Is it, 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 I think it's when he hit Medano and then they're taking Medano out on the, on the stretcher. They're loading him into the, into the ambulance and they drop him. Oh, I know that. I know that one made sports highlight bloopers for many years. Um, but yeah, Brian Marchman definitely, definitely belongs in this list. Old mush. Rest in peace. Number 12, Ron Hextall. Hextall was different from most goalies. He played the puck and even tried to shoot it down the ice to score. And even, even to try to shoot it down the ice to score, he wasn't afraid to get physical with opposing players. Hexall checked opponents and used the sticks or pads to attack them. The result, several suspensions, including, well, the above incident, obviously there's a video, but, uh, took place in 89 in Montreal when he attacked Chelios. So the outcome of the series has already been decided. Result was 12 game suspension to start the season. Really? They gave him, 
I mean, I read that yesterday, but I, I'm, I'm just thinking 12 games. I'm trying to think of the... Exiles also spent it for a slash on Kent Nielsen during the 87 Stanley Cup Final. Another incident with Jim Cummins. Twice during his career, Hextall accumulated more than 100 minutes of penalties. Unprecedented for a goalie. His battling style left a mark in the NHL and helped Hextall make our list. Um, yeah, isn't that wild that a goalie twice got 100 minutes of penalties? That's something, eh? Could you imagine? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I to be honest, at goalies, I've never... Yeah, like to me, they're like kickers in football. I just don't really pay much attention to them. I shouldn't say. Obviously, the most important guy. But, you know, I was I was never a goalie. Never a goalie fan. So I never, you know, whatever, um, paid much attention. Uh, but, yeah, Hextall, the, the slash on Nielsen was brutal. Um, you know, uh, well, and I have a, if you go to my YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, uh, when Hextall is playing for the Brandon Wheat Kings, they have a they have a brawl with the uh, Regina Pats, and he uh, he he two hands a goalie or two hands a guy in the back with a stick. He brings it down like he's chopping wood, and uh, I know Stu Grimson comes out of the out of the penalty box and jumps him because Grimson's playing for the Pats. And uh, but yeah, Hextall was uh, yeah I was never down with the whole you know swinging your stick or your blocker and all that shit. Um, that's the one thing I will say with like a guy like Billy Smith and shit. Like he would take all his shit off and actually like fist fight guys and tell his teammates to stay out of it. Um, to me, Hex, you know, if you're out there swinging your blocker at people, you're the most padded guy on the ice. You're wearing a mask and you're throwing blocker shots. Um, you know, to me, I always kind of just rolled my eyes with that. And then, like I would say with Hextall, well, the one time he goes the length of the ice, well, Felix Potvin kicks the shit out of him. So I think that really killed Hextall's rep a little bit too. In terms of, oh, he's this big, bad fighter. Like, personally, I think Ray Emery would have beat him like a drum. And uh, I always laugh, though, this Jordan Bennington kid acts like he's, you know, Mr. Tough Guy or something. I mean, yeah, Hextall or Ray Emery or Pot Van or Sean Burke. You know, one of these guys. They would have kicked the shit out of that little turd. So, but yeah, I was never a big Hextall fan. Um, you know. The thing with Neil, not that I was a big, oh, I'm a big Kent Nielsen guy. No, I just thought it was just Bush League. I mean, you know, you're going to tomahawk a guy when he's not looking in the back of the leg, especially when the guy didn't. be one thing if you're covering the pocket, he slashed your two hands, your cross checks in the head. Yeah, you know, okay, whatever, you know, tit for tat, right? Nielsen wasn't doing anything. He didn't do anything to him and was just skating in front of the net and he two handed him. It's just, it was ridiculous. And, you know, um, I couldn't, oh, back in the legs too. God, but that hurt. And like he brought it with force too. You know, so, yeah, I don't know. I was never a Hextall guy. But, yeah, I could see why he's on the list. Number 11, Mark Messier. Yeah, see, there you go. Another guy I was never a fan of. Um, yeah, I don't Oh, obviously, Hall of Fame player. Great, one of the greatest players of all time. I'm not taking that away from him or anything like that. But, I don't know. I was just, Messier was dirty and just, eh, I never got a shitty fighter. And, yeah, I don't know. Everybody talked about how tough he was and everything else. Oh, a big fighter. Yeah, nobody wanted to mess with Moose. It's like, ah, fuck, he couldn't fight. You know, I was never a Messier guy, but yeah. But great player, obviously. Uh, Messier may be second all-time in points, but he also patterned his style after Gordie Howe, known for throwing elbows to the head of opponents who dared to skate down his wing. Uh, here's a clip of the Moose elbowing the head of the Soviet player during the 84 Canada Cup. Earned his nickname with his size and physical style. 
one can only imagine how many games Messier would be suspended by Brendan Shanahan if he made that hit during today's NHL. Yeah, well, Messier would have been suspended a ton with the way he played. Now, like I said, always an elbow guy or a stick guy. I mean, I remember him elbowing Rick Natras. It was brutal. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I never, I was never a fan of Messier. Again, great player, everything else, but dirty as shit. Never really answered the bell. He wouldn't fight and just, I don't know. I was never a Messier guy. I mean, that might get me heat with a few listeners, but I don't know. I never got it, but whatever. Number 10, Marty McSorley. Uh, spent most of his career in the NHL as Wayne Gretzky's bodyguard. Whenever anybody threatened the great one, McSorley was sent out to for justice. Finished the NHL career 3,300 minutes and dropped the gloves often during his 17-year career. Smith his place on the list for playing for the play that ended his career when he struck Donald Brashear's head with a stick. A clip is shown here. Uh, the result is a conviction for assault with a weapon and suspension uh, that would last the rest of the 99-2000 season. McSorley would never play another game in the NHL. Um, yeah, I mean, I could see Marty, uh, well, the list was the meanest. Yeah, yeah, Marty was mean. Um, there's, a, uh, there's a great interview, um, uh, again, uh, it's about an eight-minute clip um, on my YouTube channel, and it's just, it's Marty McSorley explaining what an enforcer is. And, yeah, he, he for, and, and it's funny because people listen to that, like newer fans listen to that interview and I mean, you would think they're listening to freaking, you know, Charlie Manson or something, you know, and they just think he's a serial killer. Or he's crazy and whatever. Well, that's what you did in the 80s, man. That was enforcing. And McSorley was one of the greatest enforcers of all time. I'm not saying he was one of the best fighters. Well, he's a great fighter too, but I'm not saying, oh, he's, you know, a top five guy on my list or anything in terms of fighting ability, but I'd have him on my top 10 though. Uh, but he was... He, top three enforcers of all time. That's for sure. Um, there was inst- like they said, there was instant justice dished out when Marty was on the ice. Uh, if you messed with, uh, or anybody, but mainly Gretzky. And, um, yeah. And unfortunately with Marty, he actually turned himself into a really good player to, uh, you know, led the league in plus minus one year, uh, played in a couple all-star games, uh, won a couple cups. Um, but he'll always be remembered for hitting Brashear in the head. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, we've all heard Marty's side of the story. Um, McSorley did have a history of stick incidents. He also cross-checked Darren Banks in the face, too. Look that one up on YouTube. Um, you know, uh, yeah, he uh, he crossed the line a bunch of times. Um, so, um, the thing with Brashear, uh, that was, uh, yeah, obviously everyone was shocked that he did it. Yeah, at the same time, if you had told me, like, without seeing the incident, oh, McSorley fucking hit Brashear in the head with a stick today. Or tonight, I wouldn't have been surprised because Marty, like I said, had that reputation. Um, it's too bad, but, um, you know, such as it is. But nonetheless, two-time cup champion, had a great career. Um, you know, a couple black, couple black marks on there. But, uh, you know, overall, um, if you wanted an enforcer, man, not, not many did it better than Marty McSorley. Number nine, Ted Lindsay. It's hard for young fans to believe that Ted Lindsay was just 5'8", earning him the nickname Terrible Ted for his tough physical style, resulting in more than 750 stitches during Lindsay's career. In fact, Lindsay uh, played play was so groundbreaking back in the 40s and 50s that the NHL actually changed the rules to discourage players from hitting opponents using their elbows and knees like Lindsay often did. At the, at the time of his retirement, he was the all-time penalty minute leader. He was also a fine hockey player who scored 379 goals, played an 11 All-Star game, and helped the Red Wings win at four Stanley Cups. Yeah, terrible Ted playing with Howe and, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously, I'm, you know, I, I can't uh, go into detail about, you know, all of his fights and all that. Um, he had some fights. You know, again, in the 40s and 50s, they certainly didn't fight like they did in the 70s, 80s, and 90s and stuff. It wasn't like always racking up 30 majors and stuff. Um, but he did fight, again, undersized, but like they said, was good with his elbows and his stick and uh, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, when they're talking about the meanest players, you could make you could make this list for anybody that played in the before the fifties. You know, like it was just like there were so many dudes back then that would carve your eye out with a stick and not feel bad about it. That was just the way it was back then. And uh, and he fit like I said, seven hundred fifty stitches, and and uh, he fit right. Uh, there's that great photo of him. He's kind of got the the black eye and the cuts, and he's using a stick. He's got a stick turn like it's a gun, and he's pointing it at the crowd. And yeah, man. But yeah, great player, iconic photo. I love that photo. Um, yeah, terrible Ted. Number eight, Billy Smith. Billy Smith played for the expansion Islanders, seventy-two, seventy-three, a team that set a new record for futility uh, because of his poor defense in front of him and his own competitive personality. Smith would protect his area in front of his net and his own crease by swinging his large goalies at the ankles of opponents, as he did to Wayne Gretzky in the clip above. His attitude earned him the nickname "Battling Billy." Uh, Smith was also very good. The Islanders got better around him by the 1980 Smith. And the Islanders were on top of the hockey world and won four consecutive cups. That's pretty wild, eh? Four consecutive. Uh, Smith was so competitive he chose not to participate in the series ending handshakes because he felt it would be hypocritical. He remains one of the very few players to refuse to take part in the time honored hockey tradition. Uh, he was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 1993. Um, yeah, man. Smith was, uh, like I said, yeah, he did some cheap shit and hacked ankles and battled and, and all that. But uh, when it came to fights, like I said, he'd take his shit off and wave his guys off and, and have at it. And, uh, oh, he battled with Semenko and, and you know, what was it, the other one? Lanny McDonald. And, oh, he had a lot of fights. Um, I know at the time, um, you know, I guess when I was younger, I always kind of, I never liked Billy Smith that much. But looking back on it... Um, I mean, I, I get it, you know, um, again, though, if, if, speaking of hypocrite, it would be, it'd be hard for me, as I said, I shat, I shat on Hextall earlier, uh, to shit on Smith, um, cause they're really the same, um, uh, but like I said, with Smith, he would actually like fist fight though, um, you know, away from everybody with his mask off, so I'll give him that much, much more than Hextall did, um. Yeah, man. I, but money, they always said money goaltender won four straight cups. I mean, what can you say? Um, not shaking hands. Uh, you know, whatever. I, I, you know, who gives a shit, really? I mean, nowadays, the, the crybabies now would, uh, you know, they got mad at Lucic when he was, got mad at, uh, Subban and, we, and Weiss there. And, oh, the internet was abuzz with Lucic being not, you know, not a good sportsman and all that shit. Could you imagine what they would do to Billy Smith? Holy, but yeah, battling Billy. There you go. Number seven, Alf Samuelson. Well, first of all, I will say fuck Alf Samuelson. So mention Cam Neely, the Bruins fans, the name Alf Samuelson will come up shortly thereafter. The young knee hit delivered by Samuelson caused the injury to Neely that caused his career to end early. Samuelson finished the NHL career 13 seasons, over 100 minutes of penalties. Better known for agitating, delivering hits and cross the line. Uh, Star center Mike Medano uh, on... When talking about Samuelson, his job is to hurt people. He goes for knees a lot. He takes runs at you 
And really all he's trying to do is hurt you and knock you out of the game. Well, that summed up how people and fans felt about Samuelson. On the flip side, effective defenseman won a pair of Stanley Cups to the Penguins in 91 and 92. Um, yeah, I mean, whatever. Solid defender. Um, I mean, yeah, fuck all Samuelson, really. I mean... The shit with Neely, and then, you know, afterwards, Neely tries to fight him, and after his comeback, he turtles, and he's just a, he's a loser, and with his RoboCop pads, and, um, I think, was it, was it Lindros, with, like, broke his shoulder or whatever, that everybody should have, hopefully, sent him a Lindros, an edible bouquet after that one, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have it, took Pierre Mondew's eye out with a stick, how do you not mention that in the article, um, yeah, nah, he's, he's fucking gutless, and just, you know, um, yeah, let's move on. Fuck off. Uh, number six, Dale Hunter, uh, type of hockey player hated against, but loved to be on your team. Gutsy, tough center was among who did almost anything to win and would often push the envelope between legal and dirty. Finished the NHL with 3,500, finished his NHL career with 3,500 penalty minutes, second most. His most famous moment show, was shown above was decided the game in a deciding, eh, during the deciding game of the 93 playoff series between the Islanders and Capitals, Hunter attacked Turgeon of the Islanders with his stick with his stick several seconds after Turgeon scored a goal for the Islanders and received a 21-game suspension for the attack. Hunter took over as coach of the Capitals in the middle of last season but resigned after leading to a second round of the playoffs. He is presently the current owner of the OHL's London Knights. Yeah, big game Hunter, man. Uh, great player. Um, yeah, 3,500 penalty minutes. Um, yeah, everything... Yeah, you'd want this guy on your team. I mean, uh, like I said, great player. Um, he had a thousand points too. Played forever, and um, you know, th- yeah, the hit on Turgeon was <laughs> was complete bush league. Um, I've had I've had this back and forth with a couple people that I don't know they thought it was good or whatever. Like, oh, Turgeon's a pussy anyway. Well, you know, yeah, he is, but I mean. Regardless, I mean, you know, the guy just scored, he's celebrating and you run him after. That was Hunter go. I didn't know the whistle had gone. Yeah, so he's just standing there whole, you know, fans are cheering and this guy's got his arms up in the air like he scored for, you know, five seconds, but you didn't realize it. Yeah, come on, Dale. Um, no, nah, it was a cheap shot and, you know, um, but yeah, it, and the thing was is Hunter's so, he didn't need to do that shit. Um, like the, I mean, I get playing on the edge and all that shit, but he didn't need to do the Turgeon thing. It's like, you know, 21 games, that's just hurting your team because, like I said, he was a good, you know, great player. And, um, you know, so that didn't help anything doing that. Um, yeah, I mean, he would go in there, battle, fight, and score. Like I said, I mean, there's a lot, there's lots to like about Dale Hunter, but yeah, he did a few goofy things too. And not the biggest guy either. So the fact, um, for the way he played and the longevity that he had, um, it's pretty amazing actually, but, uh, yeah, if you get a team of Dale Hunters, you're winning. Number five, Sprague Cleghorn. Sprague Cleghorn was, what a great name. Was a star defenseman from the early days of the NHL, from the original Ottawa Senators, Toronto St. Pat's, Canadians, and Boston Bruins. Cleghorn was considered one of the dirtiest players in the early days of the NHL. Uh, <clears throat> in 1923, while playing for Montreal, Cleghorn hit Ottawa's Lionel Hitchman over the head with a stick and was convicted of assault and fined $50 by the judge. The following uh, describes Cleghorn's action in the 92 game against the centers he had let go for the previous, who had let him go for the previous season. While modern fans don't remember Cleghorn well, his vicious record speaks for itself. 
Um, yeah, I mean, obviously there's not video of Sprague Cleghorn, but, uh, lots of stories and, um, there was no friends back then. There's a kind of a longer article. I kind of glazed over it, but, uh, he was playing the senators, uh, who had let him, who had released him, um, the year earlier. And yeah, he goes after everything. They're captain and he's cutting this guy over his eye for stitches. And then, uh, you know, goes after another guy who spurts and he hits him above the eye and spurts blood all over. And yeah. So Clayhorn just did not give a shit about his former teammates. That's for sure. Um, but yeah. Um, if you go back in my archive, if you, uh, if my, on my podcast, when I have Steve on from when Probert was King, um, I have him on and we actually talk about the beginnings of the NHL, like way back when it's sort of a, almost like a history and violence piece. And we talk about Sprague Cleghorn and Joe Hall and, and, and all the guys that were like in the 19, like hundreds and like 1910s, twenties, um, you know, Red Horner and all that. And, uh, and, and, uh, and, and Steve's done a great job in, in going back through the newspapers.com and the archives and, uh, and, and digging up old newspaper articles about these guys. And, uh, and it's a really cool listen if you're interested in the history of hockey violence. Um, Steve is a, Steve's great at, uh, at, uh, told a few stories from the articles that he had dug up. And, uh, I know, it, it, forgive me, it was a hundred and some episodes ago, but I know Sprague Cleghorn's name comes up and, uh, um, you know, Blackjack Stewart and all those guys. And it's just a fascinating look at, uh, the violence of uh, hockey is violent from day one. And, uh, so I encourage you to actually go back and check out that, uh, that, the, uh, that episode off top. My, I was just realizing that now that, um, that Steve and I, I remember that we had talked about it. Uh, just look up when Probert was king out. It's in this title. Um, he's been on a couple of times, but it was the last time he was on. We talked about this and fascinating. Uh, number four, Dave Schultz. Schultz revolution, revolutionized the role of the enforced in the seventies as the lead fighter of the Broad Street Bullies. 74, 75, the hammer set the NHL record that still stands. 472 minutes of penalties. Key contributor to the Stanley Cup teams at 74 and 75. During his fight, Schultz would punch around and over linesmen who were taking, trying to break up the fight, resort to tactics like headbutting or hair pulling. An example of the hair pull can be seen in the clip from game seven of the 74 semifinals against Dale Rolfe and the Rangers. Yeah, I mean, that's it, man. Schultz did anything to win. Uh, they did win. Uh, he had 20 goals one year, too. So, decent player. Much better than he gets credit for. Um, yeah, and he really kind of... Uh, the Flyers definitely ushered in that kind of whatever air quote goon era, gang fighting, bit clearing the benches type stuff. And Schultz was definitely the ringleader. Um, yeah, I mean, old-time fans, I mean, Bruins fan, whatever, people will say, oh, Schultz sucked, he wasn't that good, he wasn't that great of a fighter. Um, you know, I, again, I wasn't there. Uh, I've seen a bunch of his, like, there's obviously a bunch of footage that's out there of him. Um, I don't know, he looks pretty good to me. Um, you know, did he win every fight? No, but he was. He was a bully. Oh, well, Broadstreet Bullies, hence the name. But he was, and obviously effective, um, intimidated people, but he would take the extra shot. He didn't give a shit. Like I said, he was mean. He would take the extra shot at you, whatever. It was anything to win back then. Again, today's fans don't understand that. They just thought, oh, okay, should we have the hockey? And, you know, they didn't get it. And uh, did he go overboard? Sure, you know. Um, but, 
you got to remember the time frame and the and the mindset of when that's happening. I mean, you, you can't look at shit like that with like twenty twenty three eyes. It doesn't work because yeah, oh, all those guys would be in freaking jail back then, um, you know. But at the time, now again, whether it was right or wrong, regardless, for the time it was effective and uh, anything to win, man. And I'm down with the hammer. Plus, he's a Saskatchewan boy, so I mean, I'm going to stick up for him. Uh, number three, Bobby Clark. Clark, the captain and ringleader of the, of the bullies of the 70s, literally brawled their way to back-to-back championships. Clark wasn't usually a fighter, but had the reputation of antagonizing opponents, delivering cheap shots, and then letting Schultz, Seleski, and the other flyers brawl with his victim. Famous for his cheap shot in 72 Summit Series against the Soviet Union, Varlamov's ankle with a stick. Um, or he broke Varlamov's ankle with a stick. Uh, Clark was a competitor, always wanted to win, overcame a diabetes, became an NHL star and Hall of Famer, but was also a mean player who would do anything to win. Former Montreal coach Red Kelly told Ray Kennedy of Sports Illustrated in 1976, I don't consider Bobby Clark dirty, I just consider him mean. Mean enough to earn number three on our list. Um, I think the Varlamov ankle thing, he didn't break it because I think, as somebody pointed out, Varlamov played in the other game of the series, so... Um, that's sort of ex- uh, an exaggeration, but he did two hand him. Um, and yeah, he was dirty with a stick, would do anything to win. Um, again, before my time, did I watch a lot of Bobby Clark fight? Well, no, because I was in like five and six years old when, you know, he was playing. So, um, again, I've seen clips. Um, you know, I, I, now that I'm talking, I just, I didn't even realize this. I don't think I've actually. Hmm, I don't even think I've seen Bobby Clark fight. I mean, obviously during brawls, he would grab people and they'd tie up, but I don't know if I remember seeing Clark. I mean, obviously he would have, but yeah, I don't remember him in a one-on-one bout. I'm sure they're out there, but I don't know. I just haven't bothered to go down the Bobby Clark fighting rabbit hole. Um, but I know, um, I know my mom hates him. I know that she's often talked about hating Bobby Clark. Um, my dad didn't like him either. Um, well, of course my dad was a Bruins guy, right? So of course he's going to hate Bobby Clark. Um, yeah, I mean, but again, Hall of Fame player, but back then, kind of like a Messier deal. I mean, obviously Messier was a big guy and everything else, but, um, like a lot bigger than Clark, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, what can you do, right? Captain, hey, he fit Philadelphia perfectly with their style and what they wanted to do, and, uh. You can't argue success, that's for sure. Uh, number two, Gordie Howe. Nicknamed Mr. Hockey because it personified everything about the game. Scoring, checking, and dropping the gloves. Howe had great memory. would always find a way to get even with opponents. Howe was quick with his use of the stick or his elbow to send a message to any player skating down his wing. 64 Sports Illustrated article. Author Mark Cram wrote of Howe. Despite an even temperament and a real distaste for combat, there is a part of Howe that is calculating and primitive savage. Uh, he is punishing artists with a stick, slashing, spearing, tripping, and high sticking his way to competitive degree of solid to get a solitude on the ice. Um, Howe didn't fight off, but was very strong and earned a reputation as somebody opponents did not want to trifle with. His 59 fight with Lou Fontenotto of the Rangers left his opponent's face bloody mess and gave him a very badly broken nose. Nobody doubts Howe's greatness, and few doubt his meanness on the ice either. Yeah, of course, we talk about Gordian fighting. Oh, it's Lou. That's the only fight they can ever talk about. Um, no, Howe did not fight very often. I think it, I think somebody said it was 24 fights, I believe, is this, uh, that they could find of the fighting majors. Um, and he certainly didn't win them all, despite what might somehow fans might want to have you believe. Um, well, even as kids talk about how dirty Gordy was with his stick and his elbows. And um, I always find... Uh, 
it fascinating that people go on and on about they'll I've seen on social media they'll cry about dirty hockey and everything else, but yet it, they, oh Gordy ruled. Yeah, I think if Gordy Howe was playing and they could watch it, they they'd have they'd cry they'd cry themselves to sleep over how dirty he was. Um, but yeah, again, one of the greatest players of all time could play any way you wanted to play it. Um, and back, it was just a different time back then. Like I said, you know, if you're going to, you're going to get an elbow in the lips or a stick in the face. And I mean, no helmets back then either. Right. So yeah, you could really take a good piece of a guy and, uh, yeah, that was just the way it was back then. And like I said, if they did, if you did that shit now, I mean, holy shit, you know, you'd be canceled, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, Mr. Hockey, when your old kid was like, yeah, dad was super dirty. Oh, there you go. Um, number one of the, of the meanest, the, the number one meanest hockey player in NHL history, Eddie Shore. Eddie Shore was a tough, mean hockey player. How mean was Shore? He asked his teammates not to have marital relations with their wives before games because it would hurt their on-ice performance. On the ice, Shore was involved in the infamous incident that with Ace Bailey of Toronto. Shore hit Bailey from behind and the Leafs star nearly died from his injuries, which included a broken skull. While he survived the hit, Bailey's hockey career was over. Shore's toughness and temper was legendary. He tangled with two teammates in practice and nearly had his ear ripped off in the process when the doctor moved to reattach his to reattach the ear, Shore used a mirror to watch the doctor stitch him up. While his career was over, Shore bought the AHL Springfield Indians. He was also known for cheap, tyrannical owner. One example of his meanness included the way he treated his goalie. Shore hated when netminders flopped down on the ice or wandered from their crease. So in practice, he would tie a noose around their necks. So if they disobeyed him, they would choke. Uh, Shore personified old-time hockey, according to the movie Slapshot, and he wins the title as the meanest player in the NHL. Um, well, I will say this, um, you know, it's a list, it's opinions, whatever. I mean, you could, you know, there is no right or wrong answer. Um, when Don Cherry calls you the meanest player in hockey history or the meanest person, in, he calls him the Darth Vader of hockey. Um, that's probably all I need to know about who the meanest guy was. Um, yeah, I mean, when you pretty well almost kill Ace Bailey and, um, yeah, he was just with a stick and, and everything else. I mean, well, there, the article itself just mentions it, so... Um. Yeah, Eddie Shore. Like I said, when when Don Cherry calls you the Darth Vader of hockey, uh, I would definitely say you're the meanest. You're the meanest cat uh, of all time. So, anyway, folks, there you go. I hope you enjoyed that list of the 13 meanest players. I don't know, man. I like. I don't know who do you put on there. I mean, I, you know, Link Gates maybe. Although I guess Gates didn't really do anything really mean during. Well, Gates was mean off the ice. He wasn't mean. Well, I mean, he was a fighter and everything, but he didn't really do, like, real cheap shit. I mean, he had to stick fight with Hamilton in the Quebec League, but in his NHL time, he really didn't... I mean, he got suspended for leaving the penalty box, but, I mean, he wouldn't mean anybody or swinging a stick or anything like that. Um, you know, I mean, I guess you could have, like, Ken Linsman or, you know, Ott or... I was going to say, you know, some people will say Avery, but it was Avery really dirty? He was annoying, and like they said, they mentioned Barnaby at the start. Well, Barnaby, I don't even was he ever suspended? Like I don't remember him swinging sticks, like cross checking people in the face or anything like that. He was just annoying with his mouth, and he get you know he'd give you a little jab or maybe punch in the back of the head, but it was nothing where he was like injuring guys and shit. So I wouldn't really call Avery or Barnaby like. Although I guess they're saying mean. I don't even know if they were mean. I don't know. Was mouthing off mean? I guess if you say mean words. <laughs> But, like, meanness to me is like, yeah, you're dirty with your stick. I mean, you know, so, actually, that list really wasn't actually all that, really wasn't that bad, to be completely honest. Um, 
But what do you guys think? If you're out there and you have, if you have, the, if you listen to this episode, and send me in the comments. Maybe put uh, who you think is missing on this list. And uh, and actually, guys, yeah. If, as I'm thinking of this now, uh, if you ever want to get a hold, I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, if you're on social media, I don't know why you do that to yourself, but if you're on social media, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter as well as on Facebook, send me that. My DMs are open, as the kids say. Uh, send me a direct message. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you, you know, if you. Listen to the show. You like the show. You don't like the show. If things you'd like to improve, like to see improved on, anything constructive criticism. There, there is the phrase I'm looking for. Um, yeah, love to hear from you. Um, or also, if you just want to bullshit, or you have a topic that maybe you could talk about, or you want to come on the show, you want to play ten rapid fire questions. Hey, drop me a line. And if you're not on social media, hockey fights, all one word, hockey fights at hotmail.com. Send me an email. Uh, yeah, let me know. Love to hear from you. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino and Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings dot com slash sportsbook for details for state specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt in required. Max bet fifty dollars. Ten plus leg required for one hundred percent boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. <clears throat> Alright, well that sort of uh wraps up this episode um one last thing i want to kind of touch on as i said ice wars is this past saturday um uh if you had it well i don't know if you'd listen it's one of those episodes i don't actually know if you'd go back and listen to um it was, and i was gonna say it's the ice wars preview show i did with with jay and alec um uh, we've done the preview shows and review shows for all three of the ice wars um i'm really proud of the preview shows to be honest we have fun and we have laughs and we get goofy on them but uh, when it comes down to the actual information on the players and, uh, you know, take it seriously, do some research on the guys. Um, I, I think our, our predictions were solid again, this one perfect. Um, but you know, uh, you know, with Ryan Devine and stuff like that, Jake knew him in Quad City, obviously saw him play there and watched him play in the Southern Pro this year was spot on with his, uh, his description and his, and his, uh, you know, what was going to go down and, uh, you know, we looked up the MMA guys and no, it's just a real solid preview show. And I, and I was, um, I was going to say in the first two that we did, uh, way back when last year, um, of course the, the shows were in Edmonton and I was there a lot, like where I released the preview episode, but then I was in Edmonton to see the shows and, um, got a number of compliments from people that they really enjoyed the show. Um, and, which was really great to hear. And, 
Um, and then, like I said, Alec and Jade are, do a great job on it and they take it serious. And, you know, I mean, as serious as a podcast could be, I mean, we're not landing planes here or anything, but I mean, you know, no, in terms of like, you know, with their, um, uh, just with their opinions on stuff and their predictions and stuff like that and their reasoning for what they're saying. And I mean, they, they, like I said, they take it serious and, and, uh, and I think the listeners appreciate that. And once again, I got some, I got some feedback on, on the third one here, Ice Wars 3. And, uh, again, I think we, we hit it out of the park in terms of the, of the preview show. And, uh, and again, I always, and I always love doing those shows anyway. I'm an Ice Wars guy. I love Ice Wars. And I like how, and I know Jay and Alec can pre, uh, love it as well. So, uh, when the three of us can get together and, and do a preview show, um, it's cool. So, um, and saying that, I also like to do the review show, um, which, um, is, I, I think we're going to try to do it tomorrow. Um, as you're listening to this on Thursday, we're going to try to do it Friday. Uh, if that doesn't work out, it, it'll definitely be before next Wednesday. I hope again, you're trying to coordinate with two other people's schedules, so it can be tough, but, um, but yeah, that, uh, that is the goal to do a, well, if not two, we will be doing an ice wars three review show. And, uh, yeah, I'm an ice wars cat. What can I say? Um, but no, the last little bit here, and I, I, I was, I would, I mean, I guess I could talk about this on, on the pre, on the review show, but, you know, this has nothing to do with Alec or, or Jay or anything like that. This is just my opinion on the matter, and, uh, so I'll share it now. Um, you know, as I tend to, every once in a while, I like to howl at the moon. Um, no, the only thing I'll say about the Ice Wars 3 show, um, again, I always enjoy the event. Um, again, not talking out. It's not like there people don't know, but AJ Galante is no Galante is no longer uh, with the Ice Wars. Um, and Charlie Nama is now in charge. Of course, I had him on uh, for the in the preview show as well. I did an interview about a twenty minute interview with Charlie, and then and then we did the preview show with the tour uh, with Alec and Jay. So, um, you know, and I'm not. Uh, AJ was always when the first two at Edmonton, I got to meet him. We hung out, uh, you know, talked at the event. I've talked to him privately. I've had him on my show. I talked to him privately on the phone, um, a few couple times. I, again, not that we're besties or anything like that, but I mean, you know, if I'm sure if he said Darren from Saskatoon to AJ, he'd know who you were talking about. Um, but, um, and he was always cool to me. He got me the media pass, uh, for the second one. And, um, you know, it was cool. And, uh, I always appreciated, I appreciate AJ for starting it up with, uh, with Charlie and, uh, yeah, I never thought in, you know, 2022, 23, we'd be having ice wars. That's for sure. Um, but no, it was always cool. Like I said, I've never, and, uh, and I met Charlie at, at both at ice wars too and talked to him in the lobby for about 20 minutes one day. And, uh, he was, he's been cool with me as well and did the interview for the preview show, uh, the other day. And so, and I know out there, they're, they're on in social media land. I know there's people, oh, I'm team AJ or I'm team Charlie or people are picking sides and whatever. Um, I'm not going to, I have no problem with either guy. And, uh, you know, I really wish it, it's too bad that that happened. I wish going for, I wish AJ was still with ice wars and we could, and everybody could just like move on together. And, and, but unfortunately that's not the reality. So, um, you know, uh, I sent AJ an, an email a while ago and just said it's too bad he wasn't in it, whatever. And we, you know, and I know he has no hard feelings towards the Ice Wars guy. Again, I'm not going to get into him and Charlie and their personal drama and business. I'm not, that's not my, that's not my, uh, you know, 
has nothing to do with me, so I'm keeping my ass out of it. So I'm just saying I'm I'm not, I'm in the middle. I'm Switzerland here. I just I wish everybody would get along, and uh, regardless, I'm going to enjoy the events going forward. So um, in saying that, uh, you know, I, I well again, it's not that I'm spreading rumors or anything else. It's online. You can go read it. It's not like I'm saying anything out of school. Um, Daniel Ainsbury has been pretty critical about it. Um, I don't think we'll be seeing him in Ice Wars again, which is unfortunate. Um, I was always a fan of Daniel. Again, been on the show, talked to him in Edmonton a couple couple times, um, have texted him a few times. I have nothing, I have no problems with Daniel Ainsbury at all. Uh, you know, he was always good with me and, uh, you know, I have nothing but respect for what he's doing. And, uh, and you know, he's kind of had the resurgence in his career. He's made the comeback, had a great their year in Danbury, won a championship, won a couple ice wars, uh, you know, the rough and rowdy with Barstool. Uh, he's doing great. And uh, I know he's looking into the bare-knuckle boxing now, and I wish him well with that. So I have nothing against Daniel Ainsbury. Do I wish he was in ice wars? Of course I do. I wish he would. Imagine a Travis Check-Daniel Ainsbury fight. I'd love to see that. Um, you know, um, so I miss seeing him out there. And, uh, and it's too bad that it went this way, but I don't think we'll be seeing him in Ice Wars anymore. Um, and, and this, I, and again, the reason I'm, this is going somewhere, um, what I'm, what I'm talking about has nothing to do with Ainsbury or AJ or anything. Um, I just saw it, and it, you see it a lot of times on social media and stuff. And I'm not, and it's basically, it's people that aren't even associated with Ice Wars, really. Um, or, you know, in terms of the business dealings or day to day stuff, but, I mean, I saw a few podcasts that were, you know, for, oh, Ice Wars 1 and 2. They were all about the Ice Wars. And, of course, now they don't eat Ice Wars 3. As soon as the, the gravy train's over, or they're not getting free stuff anymore. They uh, they didn't even mention Ice Wars 3, you know. So it's just like, yeah, you didn't give a shit about the event. All you did was what it could do for you. And um, and there's a number of people that I, I see out there. I'm not putting names to anything because who cares. But I just, it's just indicative of today's culture and the social media bullshit and these platforms and you know as the kids would say guys looking for clout um yeah i there's a bunch of guys as soon as the gravy train's over and they're not getting free stuff anymore oh then they then they're gonna shit talk the event i saw a couple guys that were involved with ice wars before and then now they're not and they're shit talking it and it's like you know if you're if you have an issue with charlie or whatever then like address him I guess, like, be a man and address him if you have an issue. Um, again, I'm not talking about, well, I'm not talking about Amesbury or AJ. I'm not, neither of them. This is other people. Um, you know, and it, it just kind of, it was just eye-rolling because it was like, who are you? Like, you're, you know, come on. You weren't even at the events. It's like, I was there at one and two. You weren't. And it's just like, but you, you like to talk like you were the, you know, you were second in command and then you got screwed over. It's like, you're a, no... You're nobody. All you were doing was just trying to get free shit and, and using it to pump up your platform. And it was, it was never about ice wars or promoting the other, promoting the competitors, you know, and not, it was nothing about that. It was all about you. Like everything in life seems to be nowadays. It's how can this benefit me and what can I get out of it? And let me squeeze every last bit of it for my benefit out, you know? And it, and it was just sort of, not surprising. None of this was surprising to me. If you had told me, oh, who do you think's going to bail? Oh, I would have told you who I thought, and I would have got it right, too, who I thought would be shit-talking it. And sure enough, there they are. And it's just like, you know, I don't know. It, it just, it always just seemed kind of, it just seems kind of pathetic to me. You know, like, really, you got to, 
Because like I said, Ice Wars will go on, okay, so it's going on without you, I guess. Oh, you know, whatever. To wish it ill will or whatever, I mean, you're still, aren't you supposed to be, air quote, aren't you still friends with the guys that are competing? The Justice Smokes, the Czechs, the, you know, the Bo Cornells, the Swansons, the guys that were there from the start. You know, and now all of a sudden it's like, when you're sort of wishing shit on Ice Wars, you're kind of wishing shit on them, right? Not injuries or anything like that, but you just, oh, I don't want it to succeed. Well... Those guys want it too. It's it's benefiting them right now. They could they're going on in the events. Like, why why do you have an issue with the event? You know, if you have an issue with a person, why why the event though? It's just I don't know. It's just it's so petty and just kind of. And it was just it was kind of just I. It was like I said, it was just sad to read and eye rolling at the same time. Um, you know, I I think people's kind of true colors were exposed and. You know, it, it had nothing to do with furthering the event or, or trying to help the event grow or get the competitors' names out there, their sponsors' names, or, you know, help the guys. It was nothing to do with that. It was all about what it can do for you. And uh, I think that be, that has become abundantly clear to people um, that you're just a selfish asshole. And, uh, you know, whatever. Like I said, if it's a personal thing with you and, and guys in charge and they did something to you, then, okay, whatever. I'm not talking to you. But I know there's a number of guys that, that uh, like I said, sort of lack some self awareness. I guess you're you're thinking you're you're a legend in your own mind. Like somehow it's uh, you were uh, you were a big you're a big clog in the wheel or something. Ice Wars wheel, and it's like no, you weren't. You might like to think you were in your little social media bubble that you're in, but it's like no, nobody noticed that you weren't there. Believe me. Um, so I don't know. I it just kind of irritated me to see Ice Wars getting shit on. By people that have no business shitting on it and just like, you know, or they're picking sides and it's like, what are you picking sides? What does this have to do with you? No, you're picking sides because you don't get free shit anymore, you know, so that's why, you know, so, yeah, you know, pay your own way, you know, and, and I don't know, do it for the right reasons, do it to promote it, do it to make, to, if you really want to see, if you're all about Ice Wars, as you claim to be, uh, why not use the best your platform for the best of the ability to promote promote it? And again, I tried to promote the guys and try to promote the show, and I do the preview shows, the review shows. Why? Because I'm a fan, and I want to see Ice Wars grow and do better, and I want to see the guys make more money and get more exposure. And like, oh, in some years, do I think it's going to be the next UFC? Well, no. I mean, that'd be cool, but. You know, no, I mean, I'm realistic about it, but at the same time, and again, I'm not acting like my platform's some massive millions of reach to people, but I will do what I can, you know, I have a little reach, there's a few folks that listen to this, so, um, you know, and I have some followers on social media, so hopefully, you know, any, any little bit of promotion helps, and I'm doing it because I want it to succeed, and the guys to succeed, to succeed, and, uh, yeah, because again, the end of the day, I'm a fan. That's that's what it comes down to. I'm a fan of the event, and I want it to grow. So, um, again, I'm gonna try. Oh, look at me and look at them. You know, I'm not trying to prop myself up, but it was just I I got real. I get really irritated seeing people promote it because they were all about the event and it's awesome. And now all of a sudden, it's like as soon as they they don't get their uh, you know their spotlight or whatever, they can't get something out of it. All of a sudden, it's like, well, I have no. I'm done playing with this toy now, and I'm moving on. It's like, no, nah, you're just a selfish asshole. So, again, I'm not gonna keep harping on it. And I wanted to bring that up without with Jay and Alec not here. I mean, they can talk about how, what they want. I'm not trying to. I'm not gonna put them. I don't want to put the heat on them, right? So, 
Um, this is just, this is my opinions on it. This is Darren saying this. Um, again, had nothing with, I'm not talking about AJ or Daniel or anything. Um, it was just other social media people and podcasts and stuff that at one time, um, you know, and then now they just shit on it and, you know, take little side shots at, um, ice wars and the event and everything else. And, and and it's one of those things too. It's like after the event's done and yeah, there was a few snafus and a couple guys didn't, you know, didn't, it fell through and they had a few roadblocks with the event that we will talk about in the, in the review show. Oh, right away. Yeah. See, see, told you, (laughs) you know, and it's the finger pointing and like, you're, you're just hoping it would fail. And it was just sort of like, what are you doing? Like, what are you a child? Like, I don't know. Again, it's just like why I thought, the, a lot of the guys competing were your were your friends, or and uh, you were all a you know. So, you know, if you have issues with someone, say that person, and and you know have uh, and well, and I mean, why do you have to share it on social media anyway? Like, you know, phone them or meet them directly or whatever. I mean, I don't know why you have to, you know, like it's like passing notes in, in elementary school, like this is grade four or something, but whatever. Enough, I guess we will, I will move on, but I just wanted to say that, um, I guess as they always say in the world, there'll always be haters and, uh, you know, and like I always say, if you don't like ice wars and stuff and just in general, I, I see people that follow my account don't like ice wars. I have friends that don't like ice wars. I get it. That's fine. At the same time, they're not going on social media shitting all over it. They just don't watch it, which is fine. You know, I don't watch the Kardashians, uh, you know, I don't, it doesn't mean I, if I see something online about the Kardashians, I just feel the need to let everyone know how much I can't stand the Kardashians. It's like, who gives a shit? You just keep scrolling, right? So, and I get the Ice Wars isn't for everyone. That's cool. And uh, I've had listeners that, oh, I listen to all your episodes, but I'm not an Ice Wars guy, so I don't listen to those shows. Well, that's cool. I respect that. That's fine. Uh, please come back, though. I won't be always doing Ice Wars stuff, but when it's around and the next event that's coming up here in the fall, um, in a couple months, um, I'll be promoting it again, be doing a preview show again, and be doing a review show again. So, um, but until then, no, we'll talk about other things. So, as I said, it's a hockey fight show, and it doesn't get much more hockey fight than Ice Wars. So, and like I always say with the with the show, I'm I'm here to promote the event, promote the guys, and uh, if if coming on my show gives them a little more exposure or it makes a sponsor one of their sponsors happy, then hey, that's that's the whole point. So, there we go. That's my uh, Ice Wars, I don't even know if it was a rant or what that was. My commentary about the uh, online uh, shenanigans about Ice Wars and some of the people that it involved and, uh, you know, whatever. There's always going to be people that don't like it, but uh, I don't know. Stay quiet, move on, no one cares. So, anyway... How about that, folks? Uh, I wasn't going to talk for long, and I got an hour. Um, this, uh, this is like it was like th- this is literally like deja vu all over again, as they say. Um, as I said, I record. Well, I didn't record that Ice Wars rant, but before, but um, I did do a kind of a review show of it, and uh, and then the list. So, um, yeah, this is like I'm saying all the same shit again. What day is it? Um, Anyway, I apologize for the delay. Hopefully, uh, my ID, my IT department fixed it. It looks like it's rolling here. Um, I played it back here before, uh, I finalized it. It, it, I can hear it. So that's, you know, step one. We're off to a, you know, it seems to be working. So 
Uh, well, if you're listening to this, it worked. So there we go. Um, again, I apologize for being a day late. Um, I don't like doing that on the Wednesdays, but uh, there's some content here for you anyway. <laughs> maybe it's like, oh shit, maybe, maybe maybe the IT department shouldn't have fixed it. Maybe hopefully you have more audio issues. Um, no, folks, after, like I said, it's a really busy time of work. I'm actually, well, a real busy time. Then I'm going to tell you I'm going on holidays. I'm actually taking three days off. Can you believe it? This, uh, this coming up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, heading out to the lake. So I'm looking forward to that. It's supposed to be super hot here too. So my fat ass is going to be floating in Candle Lake and I am looking and looking to enjoy the in-laws cabin. And, uh, it'll be nice to not, uh, deal, have to deal with, uh, work and getting up at 5 a.m. and dealing with garbage, uh, for a few days anyway. Cause the, uh, this weekend is a bunch of events and next weekend more events. And, um, like I said, July and August. June, July, and August is just a crazy time for me. And uh, so um, I, I, basically what I'm saying is if, if you're listening to some of these episodes and you're kind of, oh, I wish you would do this topic or do more player spotlights, that all takes time. And, uh, and I want to do it justice when I do it. I don't want to just half-ass it. So I apologize um, if I'm, you know, I'm not doing some of the player spotlights or kind of some... Um, Stuff that takes a lot of um, uh, research. Jesus, there's the word I'm looking for. Because um, I just, I don't have time. And it's like I work every, I literally work every day. I haven't had a day off in like months. Um, and and then at the same time when I get home at night, I do have a wife I need to talk to. And we do have stuff like birthdays to go to and and other things. Go out for, go out for supper and like a date night, so to speak. Like, yeah, I got to do all that shit too. And do a couple episodes. So, um I always say that's the one good thing with those 10 rapid fires. It's like that's sort of built in content. You ask questions and then basically the, the, the guy that's doing the, the answering is kind of giving me content. So, and we can kind of riff off of his answers. So, um, probably be doing a few of those this summer just to kind of fill time. Cause I want to give you guys content. Like I said, when you're on your commute or you're listening at, at home or in, in the car or at work or wherever, working out. Um, you have something. So, um, I, I, I definitely want to do that for you. Um, again, it might not be the hard hitting 60 minute pieces, but, uh, those are, I think those are more fall and winter type things. So, um, I have a few, I've talked to a few cats about doing interviews when I get back from the lake. Um, hopefully I can set up a time with them and I will do be doing some player interviews, have some fun ones coming if they, you know, we can make our schedules work and again, get them on. So, no, I'm not done interviewing people. Um, as I said, going into the fall here, hopefully we can kind of get back to a regular rotation of what, what, uh, what I've kind of been, I was going to say, what I'm knowing, what am I known for in my show? I don't know. Rant, nonsensical ranting and circling the drain, I think. But, uh, no, you know what I'm saying. So, hopefully we can get by, well, once the silly season kind of calms down here, we'll get back to some normalcy around here. So, so hang in there with me, folks. So anyway, oh, Darren, shut up already. Okay, I'm going to shut up and go. But my next episode hopefully will be Sunday. If not, it will be Wednesday. And uh, I think it will be, hopefully I can schedule with those guys, but an Ice Wars 3 review show with Alec and Jay. And uh, But regardless, I'll be talking to you guys soon. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. As I always say, I know there's a million podcasts to listen to. Um, and, and in all serious, the, the fact that you chose mine, I greatly appreciate it. I really do. And, uh, yeah, I'm, anytime I can get feedback from you guys or I, you know, or on Facebook, oh, I listened to your last show. That was a really cool list or whatever. Um, 
seriously, it means a lot. It really does. Cause you, you know, you put some, you, you try to find time. You put, sit down here for hours, try to get things to work. You got, you know, audio problems you battle through and everything and and sometimes you start to wonder like holy shit what am i doing this for seriously um but then you kind of you get some positive feedback from people and uh and, it, and, it, and i mean i guess it sounds corny but it's true it, it really makes it worth it and uh so it's always cool when you when you get when i get that feedback and i know alec will echo the same thing so um you know we're trying folks trying for you to create some uh, just trying to create some entertainment for you to be that's what it is right Pretend radio. So, anyway, folks, thank you very much for tuning in, and uh, we'll talk to you shortly. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 